Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. It's time on this Thanksgiving version of the Run for God Run Club for the Run for God podcast. And who is here to join me? Well, of course, it's Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. So we're going to have to put in a few extra miles this week to offset the turkey and dressing and cranberry sauce and pumpkin pie, right? Well, you know me. I'm always good for extra miles. (laughs) (laughs) I don't mind extra miles a bit. It's been a busy last few weeks, hasn't it? It With everything going on. It's been crazy, yeah. Hey, I want to give an update on on my shoe drama. Yeah. Uh, I sent you a picture the other night. You know, I, I, I had the insoles from my old running shoes and my current walking shoes on here last episode. And I was talking about how my walking insoles are just trashed and I showed the difference. So I thought, well, I'll take my old running insoles and put them in my walking shoes. Three runs less than or three walks, less than 15 miles later and I already have holes in the walking. Now I've got a, a phone call into Chad up at front runner and hopefully he's going to be able to give me some some wisdom. He actually called me back yesterday afternoon. Didn't get a chance to talk to him, but something's going on. Either I'm not either, and it's happened since I've started picking up the pace and walking longer. Um, but I can feel it, Dean. I can feel as I get into you know four or five miles. It was on that tempo walk the other day or tempo run, what everybody was supposed to be doing. Yeah, and I could feel the heat just starting to build and build and build. And finally, I just backed it down because I knew I was going to have another gnarly blister if I didn't watch it. Yeah. And I get home, and I got I got one hole and one almost hole in my right foot. It's only my right foot. So I don't know what's going on, but I will keep everybody posted because I'm sure I'm not the only one. Well, may, maybe. Uh, that's how it usually works with me. I'm the only one in history that this stuff happens to. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but I'll keep you updated on All what's right. going on and how I fix that. Well, we talked about it, and you know, like I said, I, I you spend so much more time on your feet with pressure on the bottom of your foot when you're walking, and uh, it makes sense to some degree, but to wear out that fast is. is but crazy. how to fix is the question. Yeah, how to you fix know, it, yeah. I, I would I would say it's a lacing issue because when you're running, you know, tightness tightness can be a bad thing. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter if, you know, I've always said if your shoes are almost falling off, it really doesn't matter when you're running. But I guess just that extra time on the ground, allowing your foot to move that much inside the shoe yeah, is problematic. That's yeah. my, my hunch. The problem is there's just not a lot of information online about this. Yeah, You know, we're just like with, you know, welcoming runners in next year to the Marathon Challenge, we're kind of in uncharted territory. Now I'm sure... There's just a lot more running information than there is walking information. Yeah. So it's my goal to, to dig in and figure this out. We'll get to the bottom of it sooner or later. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yep, for sure. So, hey, let's talk about um, the sponsor this week. Um, again, if you want to if you want to come on board as a sponsor for Run for God and allow us to promote your business and for you to support this ministry, we need all the support we can get. Uh, our, our sponsors are awesome. But this week, it's uh, Superior Plumbing and Electrical. Superior Plumbing and Electric has the best service of all your plumbing and electrical needs. They do commercial, industrial, and residential. 
They service Calhoun and all the surrounding areas, counties right here in Georgia. You can find them on Facebook at Superior Plumbing and Electrical um, today. Again, if you want to be a, a supporter of Run for God, send an email to runlanehollis at gmail.com. We've had a few new ones come on board here recently, and it's exciting. It is. Well, we had a Facebook post from this week that I wanted to share, and this one, um, I, I honestly just kind of wanted to share it just because of who it's from. Yeah. Just because I love this this couple, Elizabeth and Brian Morey. Team Morey, as we call them. Um, it says this, Recovery Week, Marathon is Saturday. I looked at the weather, but I'm not going to let it get me down. I'll still shine my light while running. This is what the, this is what the Burning River prepared us for. This, thankfully, is on is on the road, so I will be fine. Mitchell, Mitchell Hollis and Dean Thompson, I love you too in this ministry and the best group of people around that turn into family. I did already share my story, podcast number 50, for anyone that wants to listen. I will, of course, be sharing my why in Mitchell's post later. I hope you all have a blessed week and night. Yeah, and what she's referring to on the sharing her stories, we, we've actually got a countdown clock series going um, if if you're a member of Run Club, you're not getting the emails, but you're seeing the Facebook posts. We don't want to inundate your inbox because you're already a member of Run Club. You know, this is kind of our effort to get to 10,000. Uh, we're, we're kind of doing our part here, but we're sending out an email every day with reasons why counting down. I think we're at like day 60 right now, 59 or 60 until the marathon challenge starts for 2022. And uh, we're sharing people's stories because that is that is the best advertisement is is people's stories um and of course elizabeth has an incredible story but that's mm-hmm. what we're doing every single day if you're not a member of run club we are inundating your inbox because <laughs> we want you to join it's that simple right. yep um, and that's the reason we do it because we know we know what it'll do for you mm-hmm. so just bear with us it's it's going to go all the way through we got about 60 days left um, and, uh, yeah, some people are sending us some great stories. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Brian, Brian Elizabeth, I'm sure they, this, this is going to come out after their marathon. Sure. I'm sure they did shine their light nice and bright. They always they do. Always do. Um, there's such a great example of folks within the run club. People just, they have this energy about them that you're just drawn to, to want to know what, what, what's different about them. Yeah. Right. That's kind of who we're called to be, to kind of be set apart. When I think I've said this before, I love their selfies. Yeah. You know, a lot of selfies you see out there, it's people are kind of setting up the background. They're fixing their hair. They're doing whatever. You know, Brian and Elizabeth, they post these selfies. They may have a dog jumping on the couch in the background or uh, their little girl out running. Or it's just it's they're real photos. And I, I love those kind of pictures. And, and uh, yeah, they're just a great couple. Great, great uh, addition to this run club for sure. Yeah, they they talk about being grateful, excuse, excuse me, thankful for the group. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the world has changed. And the whole social media thing, we, we talk a lot about how negative social sure. media is. But there there are certainly some positive pockets for, for social sure. media. And this is definitely one of them. Um, and, and a good time for us to embrace that new technology. All right, so we had a trivia question last week that was this. What is aqua jogging, and why is it important for a runner to know about it? So have you ever heard of, you heard of aqua jogging, I'm sure, right? Yeah, you know, Lane did quite a bit of it when he had his injury. Yeah. Um, it was, 
I had never heard of it till then. I mean, I had heard of it, but I really didn't know what it was. I thought it was running laps in a shallow pool. Right. Um, but yeah. I, it's a little I, bit different than that, it is. though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's also known as deep water running. It's a great cardiovascular exercise. Um, and what the idea is that you get in water and water has a resistance to it Mm -hmm. because, you know, if you ever try to move your hand real fast through water, you know, it slows your hand down because the The harder you push, the more it pushes back. Right. And so what happens is you get in there and you put a, a belt on a flotation device that keeps you um, at the right angle in the water Mm -hmm. and you mimic a running motion. Sure. And it's pretty hard. Yeah. It's, it's a lot harder than you would think it was. Well, talk about working your stability muscles. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you spend as much energy just staying upright and because, I mean, you got that belt on that helps, but you've, you've still got to have some core strength and you're working everything. Yeah. But at that. the same time, you're working those leg muscles and, and you're, you're actually, a lot of people, they'll use uh, aqua jogging or, or running for um, trying to improve their form. Hmm. Because it's easy to really focus on your form when you don't have to worry about your foot landing sure. and staying upright. And you are focusing on those stability. You yeah. Know, you, that's all you're focusing on really is your form because you yep. try not to drown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned that Lane did it while he was hurt. This is a great injury rehab exercise sure. to do. A lot of times we talk about swimming and cycling and those are great. Mm-hmm. Uh, aqua jogging, if you can get access to it, it's not the easiest thing to get access to, but if you can, it's great for injury rehab because there's, there's literally no weight bearing at all. Right. And so it, you can do the exact, you're doing the exact same motions you do when you run with no weight bearing. And so it's, uh, it's really good for now it depends on the running injury obviously there's yeah. some things you can't do it with but uh, there's some things where swimming is better yeah because you've got a problem where you, you know even just mimicking the, the sure. motion is not yeah good. we actually did a, a project a few years back uh, orchard place down the road here and uh, this past summer some of the the it's kind of it's not a retirement community but it's mostly retirees that live in there and uh, come by one day and there was probably seven or eight ladies in the pool all aqua jogging. They were doing a little aqua jogging class. Yeah. And uh, huh. it was pretty neat to see because, like I said before, Lane's thing, I, I really didn't know what it was. So, yeah. Uh, well, you know, our the guy that we had on here, we talked about nutrition. Yeah. Dr. S- Dr. Spider Sillery. He is a huge proponent of aqua jogging. I mean, he, he in his, his, that's his, it's his first question is, well, is she aqua jogging? Right. You know, because that's the first thing. Really? That he, I didn't he, know that. Yeah, he's, he's really big on it. You know, and it's it's particularly good, too, for people, you know, if you have joint pain, if you've got arthritis and things like that, where sometimes it just gets to be too much running, mm-hmm. this is a good way to to kind of kind of get the miles in without actually sure. pounding on those joints so, so heavily. Uh, so it's really good for that. So, Yeah, I think, you know, anything you can do, especially if you're feeling – uh, chronically sore or anything like that. Anything you can do to to mimic running, but not have the pounding, is a great thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, so yeah. I, One of the other benefits of aqua jogging, I never would have thought about that. That I I was just kind of looking up, kind of researching, and I thought I never thought about that. Is if you really hate the extreme hot or the extreme cold, well, you ne- you don't get either when you're aqua jogging. It's it's basically it's the same temperature all the time. Right. So it's, yeah, I don't know about that. I, you go to the wellness center pool and you'll die if you try. To, <laughs> I mean, they keep that thing hot tub type temperature. It is pretty warm, but yeah, but I, it's guess, still, I guess it's still you know, nowhere near as right. hot as being 95 degrees. Yeah. Outside. If it's like 
a summer morning yeah. in the pool, yeah, that would be refreshing. But yeah, yeah you, you go in some of these uh, wellness center, center type facilities where they keep that water hot and no air moving, that that could be measurable. <laughs> yeah. So so here's a here's a suggestion. If you have access to a pool where you mm-hmm. can do this aqua jogging, maybe try to supplement your running mm-hmm. with the aqua jogging. Learn how to do it while you're healthy. And then if you do sustain sure. some type of injury, you'll have a great thing to fall back on to try to keep you healthy and keep your cardiovascular system going while you uh recover from whatever that injury is sure that's yeah. it it's, it's a good way to it's a good way too to get in some extra miles for folks that are training for those extra long distances if you're going to run a marathon or a half marathon sometimes the being on your feet gets gets really tough on your body and it's a good way to get the work in without being so tough on your body so yeah so yeah so get out there you you do have to have in order to do it right, you have to have a flotation device mm-hmm. around your waist. They're not very expensive. You can find them. You can, you know, go to the old trusty Amazon and yeah. just, just type in aqua jogging belt and boom, yeah. you, you'll have plenty of options. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it helps get you in the right position and allows you to do that running motion. Um, so, um, yeah, try that out. Cool stuff. Yeah. All right. So we've been uh, we've been. We've been kind of pounding the pavement on two issues here lately. Number one, coaching the Marathon Challenge Challenge. So if you're out there and you've been thinking about possibly opening this up to your community, we're going to urge you right now, do it. Mm. We've had some of our tried and true instructors from the past. We've had some new coaches come on board who are, are starting to post their flag on their communities. I saw Ben Reed made his official just a day or two ago. Um, no telling how many people who have up there in Ohio. But uh yeah, it's it's the idea of you're gonna you're gonna invite people in your community to go alongside us next year as we go from the couch to the marathon, walking or running. Um, and we've made everything easy. We we've we've created the videos for you that will drop every Sunday. You simply put the video in, hit play on your computer, throw it up on a TV screen, whatever. Watch the video and then discuss it and then go run. It's pretty simple. It's really that simple. It really is mm-hmm. that simple. And that's what I want to really drive home is unless you want to, like I said, there are the instructors out there who, man, they can put on a production and it's really impressive, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be that. You know, it can be literally as simple as four or five people in a living room watching the video and then going out for the run for a run, you know, three to five runs, depending on where we are in the year. Um, chances are you already run. Chances are you already have a, a group of friends that you hang around, and chances are you go to church, mm. and you can simply massage this in to the routine that you already have. It's not a lot of time, even though it seems like it. You know, to read all the information, we give you a lot of. We want to give you more information than you need. Right, because people do like to cater this to kind of how they like to do things. Sure. Some people like a, a bigger production. Some people like to keep it simple and have two or three people. Either way, it's the right move because we say it all the time. If you're coaching, facilitating, instructing, whatever you want to call it, it's going to change you as much as the people that you're leading. So let me ask this because I just went through this thing where I had to register. We, I get, I get this email that's got. Uh, 15 
to 20 links on it of information that I need in order to get our team ready to go to nationals. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I'm clicking on these links and if some of them are, are legitimate, I got to fill out a form. I got to, you know, register the team. I got some of them are just, and then there's a lot of information in there. Mm-hmm. Tell everybody if, if you're going to look towards you just want the nuts and bolts of how can I do this class and do it like you're talking about really simple. What do I need? Where do I need to go to get just the bottom line? Here's what I need. Well, first of all, you need to join run club. That's, that's the basis of everything is you gotta be a member of run club because everything is housed inside of your login. But once you do that, you go to coaching and it lays out exactly what you need to do. Basically, we give you all of the social media promotional stuff. We even have signs that you can have printed at your local print shop. We've got everything you need to do inside of your Run for God Run Club login. Um, and then you just start putting the word out through social media. That's that's the best way is social mm-hmm. media, putting the word out. Some A lot of people put a sign out in front of their church, and we have those to where you can print them. I think they're up to like six feet long. Yeah. Some of the signs we have, you can have those printed. I mean, maybe a hundred bucks. I don't know how much they are uh, to have them printed, but you just start getting the word out and people are going to simply go to um, runforgod.com and register themselves. And then that way, not only are you getting all the information every week, but your students are also getting all the information every week. So it takes a lot of the burden off you. So if, if somebody misses, then they're getting the video. They can yeah. they can watch it. You're not having to figure out who missed and send them the information. We're we're taking care of all the logistics on this side, and we've been planning it for months already. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's going to be a, a really easy system. The other thing that we're pushing right now is the one year Run Club member gift boxes. Yeah. Um, you know, I was watching on the news again this morning. We're going to talk about this a little bit later, but the the um, the supply chain crisis you know people are not going to have their christmas gifts in time well guess what you can have this one in time you get this <laughs> beautiful run club box right here you get a one-year membership gift certificate that comes in a nice card that's you know you can ha- presents well you get the box you can simply wrap this box it comes with a hoodie and the bumper sticker all for the price of a one-year membership so you're getting the hoodie the gift box the bumper sticker all that for free um, it's a great gift. It's at the right price point for most people. Um, you can get it in, you can put some wrapping paper or and a bow on it, um, and hand it to as many people as you want to this Christmas. And it's a great gift. Yeah. It's a gift of not only the word, but of getting healthy, getting yep. healthy, both physically and spiritually. And I can't think of a better gift. Yeah. And, you know, I've heard some people who have gotten the devotions books mm-hmm. and they have said uh, people who don't run and they've said, I really enjoyed that. I didn't think I would enjoy it because it's about all about running, but I, I really enjoyed it because it's got, you know, the spiritual application is there, whether you're a runner or you're not a runner. That's what this podcast is all about. That's right. We're going to talk more about devotions here in just a little while. we got some big news to share today. Yeah. 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 So it's stay awesome. tuned. All right. Social media. Grocery store tabloids? Nope. The newspaper? Not usually. The national news? Are you serious? 
Is there any media source these days that only shares a positive message? A lot of the media we take in each day can be pretty negative. Why not make the decision right now that your music will only be positive? Sign up for an account at jradio.com today and download the app in your app store. With music for every moment and entirely positive Christian message, it'll be nice to hear things going right for a change. So we're back, and like we say every week, if you've got uh, questions or you want to get the a message to us, you can send a message to Dean at RunForGod.com. That's Dean at RunForGod.com. Uh, for questions for Dean, you can also email customer service. That'll go to Miss Gay and Miss Holly in the office. Um, you can email customer service at RunForGod.com or Dean at RunForGod.com if you got running specific questions. Um, Dean, we got some big news. Big news. Big news. We've alluded to this the past two weeks, and we can officially share it. And I'm just going to read the press release. Um, that'll be the best way to kind of kind of get everything in there. Um, the press release is for immediate release, Run for God, and Guidepost team up to bring devotions to the running community. For almost 12 years now, Run for God has been sharing the hope and the message of Jesus Christ through the sport of running to runners all across the globe. Having now served in two hundred, having now served over two hundred fifty thousand graduates in over six thousand communities around the world, the team at Run for God has never had a shortage of incredibly inspiring stories. In two thousand and fourteen, the Run for God team began to archive the stories, emails, letters, and the, even the occasional phone call in a format that can inspire others. Mitchell Hollis, founder of Run for God, reached out to local running legend Dean Thompson for help. <laughs> Hollis had a hunch that if you took the inspiring stories they had been receiving for years and coupled that with a weekly dose of running advice, then they may have something. As for Dean Thompson, it didn't take much arm twisting for him to agree to help with this project, and with that missing piece, Devotions was born. The Run for God team has always kept its focus on the training side of the ministry, and writing, supporting, and serving those who have taken and taught the challenge courses has kept them busy. The Devotion series on its own is an incredible compilation of inspiring stories that many times leaves readers encouraged and motivated. Coupled that with the weekly dose of Dean's Thoughts, the inspiring stories had readers ready to find their old running shoes and take off for a walker job. Mitchell Hollis has often talked about praying for streetlights. He says that when God lights up a streetlight, then we are to work there until he lights another. This past August, Run for God was approached by Guidepost about working together with respect to devotion specifically. This was a street light that the Run for God team, as well as its board of directors, simply could not ignore. Guidepost is a nonprofit organization that encourages spiritual well being through inspirational content. Founded in 1945 in Danbury, Connecticut, by Dr. Norman Vincent Peale. With just one magazine, Guidepost has now grown into one of the greatest publishers of inspiring content with millions of followers around the world. Carolyn Mandurano, Senior Managing Editor for Guidepost, says that Guidepost spreads hope through its many publications, including devotions for all interest. We know our customers tend to, to use more than one devotional, and within our, within our suite of products, we, ne we saw the need for devotions for an active lifestyle. Run for God was a great fit with content foc content focused on the runner and their faith journey. Guidepost will begin publishing the Run for God devotion series in spring of 2022, starting with Volume 1. They will also be changing the name to Running in Faith Devotions for Runners to help bring clarity to the product 
when sold along Guidepost's other incredible titles. The teams that run for God and Guidepost are excited about this new opportunity and the hope that you will be too. Stay tuned. Man, that's awesome. Dean, what it says is these stories matter. Yeah. We say it every single week. Your story matters. And this is proof of that. Uh, Guidepost yeah. is, <laughs> they, we're, we're tiny yeah. compared to Guidepost. Yeah. They're a, a huge organization. And, and this is in large part to what you've written, but it's also in large part to the stories that people submit. And yeah. it's so exciting to know that many of these stories now are going to be going out far beyond what we could ever reach. Yeah. And, you know, this is exciting. Not only that people who aren't runners on a large scale are going to be seeing these stories, but also that millions of people are going to be introduced to run for God and what we do here. And I just, you know, I, I can't even begin to think about what this could do. Yeah. I, I can't. It's, really it's And, <clears throat> you know, I do pray for streetlights. I've talked about that for years on this podcast. Um, and we, we talked about one, one day during the podcast, I was actually going to pick up an actual street light for a project that we're working on when yeah. all this started kind of heating up. <laughs> yeah. And then on top of that, what is a street light? What is the definition of a street light? It's, it's a, a guidepost. Yeah. You know, that may sound cheesy, but it gives me goosebumps when I say it out loud, for because sure. this is. This is not me. This is not you. This is not Carolyn. This is not Guidepost. This is not Kelly at Guidepost. This is, this is God, weaving that tapestry. Yeah. That when you really just step back and you get outside of yourself, sometimes, it'll take your breath away. It will. It's a really so. It's a really cool story. Two, two things I didn't realize. I did not know they were in Danbury, Connecticut. Do you know what historical significance Danbury has? I don't. It was in the letter to the Danbury Baptist Church where Thomas Jefferson talked about the separation, wall of separation between church and state, really? where everybody gets this idea of church, separation of church and state, which they falsely typically um, attribute that to, to what he meant by that. Right. Um, and that was in Danbury, Connecticut. Really? Yeah, I, did, I didn't know they were in Danbury. Wow. So that's the first thing I think about when I think of Danbury, Connecticut. And then I do have to say, I don't know who wrote the press release. But the whole local running legend thing is is way out of bounds. I think I said that and it stuck. So, uh, but it's true. I mean, it's, just, that's, it's it's funny to see. I mean, in that one story, we've got a lot of stories about the history of Run for God. True. But that one story just has so many inputs of that we didn't even realize it was happening until you sit here and you read that and. There again, I mean that that is a story that this is why stories are so important because you and we're, we're going to talk about looking back in Shannon's story here. Yeah, that's why it is so important to look back. That's what this press release is: is a look back, just a small look back at what God has done and where He could potentially be. Yeah, taking this ministry and God post and um, I don't know, it's really cool. But it's for that reason that we said two weeks ago that going forward, if you submit your story. We're gonna. It's gonna have to be done through the website because we have to have those legal sign-offs and things like that, just to make sure everybody's covered and on the same page. So, um, Dean is gonna require. You know, if you send a story and it's through an email, he's gonna ask you to resubmit it 
through because we, we still will be using these for the podcast, but there's a good chance that they'll go on from the podcast into a devotions book. And, you know, for those of you out there who may not like the idea that they're changing the name, you know, devotions in the context of a run for God store makes complete sense. Yeah. But devotions in the context of an organization that all they publish is different kinds of devotions. It doesn't make much sense. That's right. the reason for the name change. And yeah, it just it brings sense. a little bit of clarity. So it makes we're sense. excited. Well, let's, let's go ahead and talk about a story now then. Uh, here's the question. What does it mean to be a new creation? We're going to discuss that this week in this week's story. And it is from Shannon Clifford. Shannon Clifford, those of you who are on the Facebook page, you mm -hmm. know the name Shannon Clifford. Mm -hmm. So that's a very faithful run club member, Shannon Clifford. And this one is, ca <clears throat> is called Becoming New. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's 2 Corinthians 5.17. Have you ever read... Have you ever read that and wondered, why don't I feel new? Or thought, wow, I thought he or she gave their life to Christ. Why are they still acting like that? Believing that God provides lessons in nature to help us understand spiritual principles, let me take you inside the workings of a beehive. As a beekeeper, it is important for me to know what is going on inside my beehive. Although the bees will most certainly take care of themselves without me, regular hive inspections are necessary to prevent problems from developing that I don't want to deal with. One such problem happened to me a couple of years ago after I moved my hive to a warmer location for the winter. I waited to inspect until spring when it was warmer. When I finally got around to opening the hive, I found that the bees had swarmed, which is how they reproduce. During swarming, about half the population of the colony will take the queen and leave, moving on to establish a new colony and leaving the remaining worker bees to create a new queen, which they do by feeding a special diet to a chosen larva. After the new queen emerges, she will leave the hive for her mating flight, then return to the hive to do her job of laying thousands of eggs a day, thus keeping the colony going. All of this is a natural process that God has set in motion. However, in my area, Africanized bees are common and my new queen mated with Africanized drones. Contrary to popular belief, Africanized bees are not all killers and they weren't too bad the first time I got into that, the uh, first time I got into that hive after this happened. I noticed that the bees were kind of cranky but I thought it was due to this being the first inspection of the season. When I moved them back home, things got worse. At one point, I opened the hive and there were so many bees in the air defending their colony by trying to sting me. Thankfully, my bee suit protected me, but I had to call a beekeeper with more experience than me to take them off my property because they had become dangerous. I love beekeeping, but that was not fun, and I am a hobbyist. I am not up for working with aggressive bees or having them in my neighborhood. Not wanting to give up my hobby, I found a solution, which was to replace the queen. Whether the queen bee is calm or spicy, the rest of the hive will follow suit as they, as they get their behavior traits from her. This new queen was very spicy and the Africanized genetics she was passing on created a perfect storm of dangerous bees. So I purchased a queen that had the genetic traits I wanted dethroned the spicy queen and introduced the new one 
To introduce the new queen, she must be in a cage inside the hive for about a week so that the colony can get used to her pheromones and have time to accept her. Otherwise, they will kill her. Boy, that's a scary thought from from that (laughs) bee standpoint. (laughs) After this time, she is released and commences egg laying. A worker bee's lifespan is about 60 days. So after a couple of months, all the bees in the hive were new. I now had a hive of gentle bees that were easy to work with. In essence, the colony had become a new creation, as mentioned in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Much like this lesson from the bees, when we are in Christ, we are becoming a new creation. It is an ongoing process. We have replaced our old nature with Jesus, making him our king. But just like when I replace the queen in my hive, it isn't necessarily an instantaneous happening. It takes time to an exposure to his nature for all the old behaviors to be replaced by the new ones. But make no mistake, the changes are happening, even if it's not evident right away. This is also true with running. You start out by sh- with shorter times and distances, and over time you work your way up to greater times and distances. Have you ever known someone who decided to be a runner and went all out and tried to run a 10K within the first month? They may have been able to complete the distance, but they put themselves at great risk of injury and being sidelined before they even really got started on their running journey. If you have recently become a new creature in Christ, have patience with yourself and let him work the process in your life. Work towards the goal of knowing that not everything in your life will change immediately. Do your part and let Jesus do the rest. Read your Bible so that you will know what the plan is, just like we follow a running plan to work towards our distance goals. One day you will notice that you have completely changed just like the bees when they received a new queen or a runner who has given themselves time to work up to a marathon. As Christ followers and runners, we are always in the process of becoming. We never truly arrive. However, one day you will be able to look back and see that although you are still becoming, you are a totally new creation. Man, that's a great story, Shannon. I, you know, I knew that running paralleled our faith, but who knew that beekeeping <laughs> it's parallels a, to our faith? Yeah. And it does. I mean, yeah. I've, I, I learned more about beekeeping than I ever knew in my whole life Yeah, in that five minutes of reading that. Um, yeah, that's I just, love that. This is it sounds like one of our, one of the Dean's thoughts, right? Because that's, yeah. that's kind of the way I like the Dean's thoughts things together. But it's one of those examples that we can take. Looking through the right lens, yeah, everything in our life can be paralleled to our walk with Christ. Really, it's all about the lens. It's isn't all it? about the perspective. <laughs> you know, you can it it can it can be a destructive perspective, mm-hmm. or it can you can look at it through the lens of how is this making me a better follower of Christ? Mm-hmm. Now, the answer may be it's not, <laughs> but still, it can be looked at through that lens of our walk with Christ. And uh, yeah, I, I I had no idea how has worked and I, i've always heard the word the phrase a swarm of bees now i know what that is yeah um, yeah so i've known some people who have been beekeepers and uh typically beekeepers are they're usually different people yeah you know so i i, I don't know shannon very well i just know her online persona <laughs> um but they're and when i say different i don't i don't mean bad different no i mean just interesting because you have to be interesting to decide <laughs> to take up a hobby like beekeeping, I would think. Well, but, and but how it's pretty cool. It's it's a very it's an interesting hobby or business. Some people make it into business. By this by the time this airs, I should be in in Mexico Beach, which is in 
the panhandle of Florida at my in-laws house. And, and down there beekeeping is, is huge because, um, you've heard of the, you've heard of Tupelo honey. Yeah. Well, Tupelo honey is only found in a small community just out Mexico, outside of Mexico beach, Florida. And it's because they have the Tupelo flower and all these bees down yeah. there, uh, pollinate and get the fragrance or the whatever from that flower. And, and, all the Tupelo honey that you've ever heard of comes from this one little community. It's called Weewahitchka, Florida. And it's this little bitty one stop sign. They don't have a red light, I don't think, um, community where all this honey comes from. But I've learned a lot of my beekeeping knowledge, what limited it is, from down there. Huh. And well, honey. I didn't know that. Really? Tupelo honey, I assumed, meant it was from Tupelo, Mississippi. Nope. I mean, you know, so Tupelo honey comes from the Tupelo flower, which is along the Appalachia Cola River. Wow. Um, and and if if you remember, well, you, you probably don't remember. You, you're like me. I get honey. It's honey. But Tupelo honey was very scarce because Hurricane Michael came through and took out a lot of the oh. Tupelo flower trees that produce that or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, very interesting. That's yeah. a, I love these. I love it. I love these stories. I do, too. And she's talking about the whole analogy is that God doesn't change us overnight, that it's a constant process. Thank God for that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're right. Um, and I think about the skit guys. If you ever watch the mm-hmm. skit guys, you know the skit guys. And we've had some skit guys stuff on there. And that, that one that's called God's Chisel, mm-hmm. where he talks about, chipping out and he you know god goes and he gets those things about us that are they're not good things and he chips those away and sometimes those things hurt and sometimes it feels good for those Mm -hmm. things to be chipped away but they're things that need to be out of our life and and just like a sculptor doesn't finish a sculpture just you know overnight it takes time to create that thing and that's that's the way it works with us and i know in my life and you and, and and in your life We've seen that in our own lives. We look back at ourselves 10 years ago and we go, man. Thank God for grace. So, yeah. And I'm so glad God is working. Sure. Because, man, how much better is life today than it was 10 years ago too, right? Yeah, for sure. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 17. For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all. Therefore, all died, and he died for all, so that those who live would no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose on their behalf. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one by the flesh, even though we have known Christ by the flesh, yet now we know him in this way no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, this person is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, the new things have come. Hmm. I'm kind of drawn to the very first words here for the love of Christ controls us. I I don't know that I've ever noticed that in this as famous as this passage is. And as much as we know this passage for the love of us, for for the love of Christ controls us. And I guess if we truly belong to him, that's the, that's the, that's the way you can tell if -hmm. somebody truly is saved or not. It is, are we allowing Christ to control and move us in a direction? Obviously, pulling back occasionally because we're human and doing sure. the wrong thing, but are we allowing the love of Christ to control us? Because that's that's really what, what he's saying, right? Right. And, and we have that choice of whether we let him use that chisel or not, mm-hmm. and he gives us that choice. Sometimes I wish he wouldn't give me that choice, <laughs> right? Um, but that's, that's the way it is. 
Uh, I remember one time, this is a crazy story. You're not going to believe this story when I tell you, but it's, this is a hundred percent true. When I was a kid, I told my mother one time that I deserved to pay a price for something. I don't even remember what it was I did, but I did something wrong. And I really did feel bad about whatever it is I did wrong. And I told my mother she should punish me. <laughs> it's a true story. Lapse in judgment there. Yes, thing. it was. I only did it once. <laughs> I never went back. Because if I know it. your mom, she probably punished you the same way my mom punished me. <laughs> she, uh, she did. Um, yeah, she did. Uh, she did punish me. She went ahead and followed through on my request. And uh, <laughs> she, she gladly... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, it was, uh, I don't remember what it was. She took something away from me or something. It, was, it wasn't, she, my, my parents weren't big on, on physical things, but, uh, but they, but they were on other things. So you didn't get the, the old Southern whooping. No, I didn't get that. Of course, you know, we were, we were from the North, so. Oh yeah. Uh, so you so weren't we, even in the, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't have the, well, I, I never had to worry about my mother going out and getting a switch. For example, people in South, they know what a switch is. I didn't even know what a switch was. I had to go pick was. my own switch one time. Yeah. That's, that's the worst. Oh, I mean, you stay out there for like three hours and you come back and say, I couldn't find one. <laughs> then it's bad when you do that. Yeah. Aren't we glad <laughs> God doesn't make us go out back and get switches for ourselves? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, Sometimes I get upset. I, I, I look at this and I think if we're in Christ, we're new creations. We change our behavior. We're different. We're called to be different. But sometimes as Christians, the way we talk about people who are unsaved is really bad. Yeah. Because they don't know. They don't know what it's like to be controlled by Jesus, to, to do exactly what this is talking about. And why should we expect them to? Mm-hmm. We shouldn't expect them to. And I just had a conversation with uh, with some of my college girls about something along these lines, about how black and white is good. Mm-hmm. It's good when we're talking about our own principles and what we do, and we don't compromise, and we, we follow the biblical principles and things like that. But we can't expect everybody else to feel that way. Mm-hmm. We have to encourage them that, look, this is what I do. And this is the fruit that has resulted from those good things. And, and show them that there's a reason why being th- this way, doing the biblical thing, is a good thing, right? Yeah, and, and when I read this, you know, I, I when my younger years, when my kids were very young, I helped teach RAs. And, and if you go on down in Second in Corinthians to 520, um, it says that now we are ambassadors for Christ. And, and what this is saying is that we're, we're ambassadors. We're not simply messengers. And there's a difference here. Um, it's kind of like our sponsor for this week, Superior Plumbing. You know, I'm not just a messenger of theirs. I'm not standing up here saying, if you live in North Georgia, you need to use Superior Plumbing. I know who they are. I'm willing to support them. And I've personally used them for years. Um, and I'm willing to go out on a limb and suggest that you need to use Superior. This is an extra plug for Superior here. But I would go out on a limb and say, you you need you need them if you're having plumbing problems but many times as we as believers and it goes back to your point we tell people yeah you need jesus and i'm guilty that i've done that before myself we i think we've all done it Mm -hmm. but we need to be showing people why we need to be an ambassador for christ not simply a messenger a messenger Mm -hmm. just goes out and talks right an ambassador lives yeah 
and then shares. What a great idea. Why? And it's, you, you just said, this is what I do and here's the fruit. That's the way you go about sharing Jesus. Yeah. It's not you need Jesus and pointing our fingers because that's always going to backfire. That's always going to backfire. I, most always, that's going to backfire. Some yeah. people some people need that black yeah. and white that you talked about. Yeah. But I, I don't want to say there's a gray area here because needing Christ or not needing Christ is black and white. Yes. But how you go about approaching people, there is gray area. There's some nuance to it, isn't there? There is. Yeah. You know, Lane and I, we Lane and Landon and Holly and I, we we've talked about this several times in our in our nightly time, but we talked about this the other night. How what is the right way to witness to people? And we we went we we kind of had the old debate of should you go into a bar to witness to people? Yeah. And you know, we're not gonna get into that here. I I think you you bring people out of the bar to witness to them, but but there's there's no there's no right or wrong here. I mean, th- yeah. there's plenty of wrongs. There's plenty of wrong ways to do it. Um, and pointing your finger finger many times and saying you need Jesus, it's probably not the right way. But well, you're right. There's a lot of gray here. There's a story that that I love to share. It's one of the most impressive <clears throat> stories. I can't hardly think about it even without starting to tear up. We had a pastor at our church at one time he was he was an he was an older guy he was filling in as an interim at one time he was retired he he preached at one of the big the biggest church here in town and um he tells a story where he was i don't know he was at a like a conference or something mm-hmm. and he got up one night he couldn't sleep it was like two three o'clock in the morning he got up and he was like he just couldn't sleep he went down to waffle house and he goes to Waffle House, and there's a lady in Waffle House who is clearly she's clearly doing things she shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. She's involved in a profession that is not a what we would think is a noble one. Sure. Um, and but he goes and sits down next to her and starts to talk to her. Here's a preacher mm-hmm. talking to a prostitute, mm-hmm. basically saying, "What's going on?" And what he did was he she, he just started talking to her. He didn't start off with, well, you know what you need. You need Jesus. He just started asking her questions about her. Because she doesn't know who Jesus is at that time. That's right. Exactly. And that's the whole point here. And then, so what he does is he found out that her birthday was the next day. Hmm. And so he asked her, do you come here every night? And she said, yes. So the next day, he went and got a birthday cake. And brought it to the Waffle House at two o'clock in the morning, and brought hats and little blow. <laughs> he did the whole nine yards of this birthday party for this woman. Talk about showing somebody you care, mm-hmm. right? And now, what did he have? He had an audience that was going to listen to anything he said. Sure, and he was able to share Christ with that woman. And that's that's what we're called to do. Sure, that's how we're called to be. Good word. Scripture passage number two, Philippians 1, 6, for I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work among you will complete it by the day of Christ Jesus. You know, Dean, this is one of those we talk about all the time where I've read this passage, I don't know how many times, but this morning it hit me different. Yeah? 
and it hit me. It's not in the context of what we're talking about, and it's not in the context of Shannon's story, but it's in the context of do we always encourage people? And because if you if you go on down to verse 7, you find out that Paul's writing this from prison. He is in prison. Yeah. And he's saying, for I'm confident in this very thing that he began. He's, he's, he's encouraging these people while he's in prison. Yeah. And, you know, now there's a sermon yeah. right there. I mean, how often do we give encouragement when things aren't going our way? We and sulk instead. We do. But that, that can, those can be the times where we can have the most impact mm-hmm. is because people know Paul's in prison. Do you think those people listened? Absolutely. They listened. They knew Paul was in prison, yeah. but he's writing and encouraging us. My life can't be that bad. Yeah. He's in prison and I'm being encouraged by him. Yeah. And there's, man, there's such a lesson there that we all have our days. where We just don't want to talk to people. Yep. And I get it. Cause I have those every now and then, but that's where we can grow. We yeah. can grow a lot right there because, because what's going to happen is we're going to encourage people and guess what's going to happen. We're going to be encouraged. That's true. And it's going to pull us out of that bad day in the process. Cause that's, that's how God works. Mm-hmm. He'll, he'll use your own words back on you, both good and bad. Yep. You know, a lot of times he'll <laughs> smack us in the face with our own words, but a lot of times he'll lift us out of a valley with our own words that were given to somebody else. So I don't, you know, there again, that's just one of those times where I've, I've, read that verse many times but it just hit me different today yeah well and we've all been part of this we've all seen this where um, god just continues working on us there's issues i've talked about them before that i've had Mm -hmm. myself that where god has just refined and refined and he keeps working on it and i still have a way to go in some of on some of those things but yeah to look at this and to think he he talked about all this while he was in prison and and that that's hard to think about doing that myself. I think about when I'm not in a good mood and how hard it is to be encouraging. Now, sometimes you do it, but it's, it's hard and you're selective. We get in a bad mood sometimes because we have a bad workout. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Paul didn't allow himself to get out in a bad mood from prison. (laughs) What a difference. Uh, how about this scripture? Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Do not call to mind the former things or consider things of the past. Behold, I am going to do something new. Now it will spring up. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. I love this quote. (laughs) The first time I really, really paid attention to this quote was when I was interviewing somebody. for. We had a Connect magazine that we did a few years Mm ago. And I was interviewing an, an instructor. That we had, and I and and he brought this quote up, and I just love love this quote. Um, he yeah. makes the impossible possible. Yeah, and the the quote is so much bigger than we we look at it. We go rivers in the desert. Ha! Yeah, that's 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 interesting. We we get the analogy, we get the the contrast, and we understand what it mm-hmm. means. But in this day and time, it was way more powerful than it is today when this was written. So think about that in their day and time, how big a deal that would be, man, just crazy. All right. Question number one, 
when you are experiencing challenges in your life, be it relationships, professional goals, or even running, do you tend to try to solve those things in your own power, or do you go to Jesus first and let him direct your problem solving? We never do that, do we? We never try to solve problems on our own. Man, I wish I had a more positive answer for this one. (laughs) But I don't. I mean, that's um, our first thought is always whatever, whatever comes to our mind is, is what to do. I mean, it's, uh, I don't know why people have to poke me in the ribs like this, but, uh, this is a toe stepper, but thanks Shannon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know, and, and it's a little bit of both, you know, I think as, as God continues to refine me as just as her story talks about, we get better at that. We do. We get, uh, here's what happens for me. It, it used to be that I, I tried to solve everything on my own. Then it was, I tried to solve everything on my own. When it didn't work, I went to God. Then it's now, now it's more like my first thought is to do it my way. But it, before I ever even try to do it my way, my thought is, oh, what am I trying to do? Let's go to God. Well, that's what I was going to say is I don't, I don't think the tendency goes away. Yeah. I think God reminders, God's reminder comes quicker. Yeah. The closer we are to That's him, right. the, the faster we hear his voice. Because in every situation, just about, if I'm being completely honest, if if there's this thing happening over there, my first thought is, what am I going to do? I'm a doer. I, I want to I wanna fix things. Yeah. But the more my, f- my faith journey and my walk with Christ continues, it's, it, it, it's, it's me closer to him. And the closer you are to someone, the more clearly you hear their voice and the quicker you hear their voice. And I think that's what happens is we, as we get closer to him, that voice comes quicker. I don't, I don't think our, now God can change our tendencies, but at least for me, my tendency is still, Oh yeah. Let's fix this. Mm -hmm. But many times (laughs) I get that gentle hand or I, or I have God pulling on my earlobe or sometimes it's just smacking me upside the head saying, just stop. Yeah. Just stop. Yep. Let me handle this. And it gets quicker and quicker. It does. I think it's it's a daily relationship. It is. Is what it is. And and I think about it in the context of my wife. I treat my wife well. Mm -hmm. Um, Why? Because we have this relationship and we have a mutual respect for each other. And I don't care how how I feel about what's going on at any time. I'm going to respect my wife. Mm -hmm. Period. That's just the way it works. Whenever we go somewhere, I, I hold the door for her because that's that's my way of showing respect for her. Now, some people think that's crazy or whatever, and it's old-fashioned. It doesn't matter to me what people think about mm-hmm. it. It's what I do because it's, it's honoring to her. Um, and she, in turn, a lot of times will stop at a door and wait for me to open that door. Why is she doing that? Is it because I'm her slave and she wants me to open the door for her? No, right. it's her respect for me wanting to allow me to do that thing that's respectful to her because it, it goes both ways. Sure. And I think that our relationship with Christ has to kind of be that same way. My automatic default is to do things for her that are good for her. Her automatic default, too, is to protect me to to send me a text going hey remember you got this thing because she knows how bad i am and how much how i may forget something and she and it, it may not be something i was going to forget but man i appreciate that text anyway right <laughs> and that that's the relationship that we have to have with christ where 
We have the, and, and if we have that relationship, our default, our first thing we think about is, all right, what would Christ have me do in this moment? Right. The only reason I was laughing is because we compare, it's kind of a running joke around here. We compare you and Lane. Yeah. Y'all are very similar. Just this morning, he's going to kill me if he hears this. It's Veterans Day right now as we're recording this. And uh, I told him two weeks ago, hey, Veterans Day's coming up. Lane does all the social media stuff for Run for God. I said, you know, do something for Veterans Day. And <clears throat> so we get up early this morning. He comes downstairs. I said, hey, don't forget about that Veterans Day post, you know, thinking he's already done it. Well, all of a sudden he just disappears. <laughs> and I'm like, he forgot that Veterans Day post. Anyway, that's a side note. But what I was going to say is, yeah, it's it's like your relationship with Debbie, but it's also like mine and your relationship. Yeah. You know, when, when we first met each other, there's things I thought about you that I wouldn't say. And there's things you thought about me that you wouldn't say because we didn't have that kind of relationship. Well, now we don't care what each other thinks. If I'm thinking about you, I'm going to say it. And if you're thinking about me, you're going to say it. And that's good. Yeah. That's a good, that, that means we trust each other. We're not going to be offended. And we know that it's coming out of love. And it's the same way with Christ. When, if we're far away from Christ, if, if you and I didn't see each other for the next five years and I came up and I didn't like how your hair looked, Five years down the road, I'm not going to say it because we hadn't seen each other and, and the, the, the relationship's changed. Right. But today, if you do something funky with your hair, I'm going to tell you, <laughs> that looks dumb, Dean. <laughs> what little's left? <laughs> but it's the same way with Christ. The, the closer we are, the louder we're going to hear his voice. Yeah. The, the more time we let go between conversations, it's not that he's not talking yeah. It's that we can't hear him. Yeah. And uh yeah, wow. great question. Yeah, good point. And by the way, I'm probably gonna I'm gonna start a ponytail here pretty are soon. You? Rat so. tail? Yeah. yeah. Mullet. <laughs> Those are coming back, by the way. Yeah, have you yeah, noticed that? Uh here's another question. If you have felt frustrated in your quest to become a new creature, have you considered that the word becoming indicates a process and not an instantaneous happening? Of course, that's what we've been saying. You know, that's that's kind of the whole point of everything that we've been saying. I, you know, when I thought about this, of course, I just mentioned I saw it on the news this morning. But you know, we've become an Amazon society. Uh, yeah. We want things now, and what's what's making the headlines right now is the supply chain crisis. Yeah. Number one, why is why is everything always a crisis <laughs> nowadays? Um, and it's being said all over the news that it could take weeks for you to get your Christmas gifts. You know, when I was a kid, and this is going to show my age to some people, when I was a kid, you got the catalog. And you flipped through, and you went to the back legend, and you wrote down what it was you wanted, and you talked your parents out of a check, and you put it in an envelope. And four to six weeks later, that was always the yep. four to six weeks later, you'll get your gift. I mean, Amazon is nice to book, but to what end? Um, I think the idea of consistency over time is lost on many. You know, I say that a lot for training. Training plans are important. Recovery is important. All these things are important, but it's consistency over time. Yeah. That's the important part. It's, it's true with our training. It's true with our faith walk. It's true with our marriages. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when you first married Debbie, there were things that you do for her now that you probably didn't do back then because you've learned True. and you've been refined. And mm -hmm. um, But I think 
so many people they 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 want a close relationship with Christ and they want it now. Yeah. Because they get their package in two days. Why can't I have a close relationship with Christ in two days? And that's just not how it works. Think about it as any friendship. Yeah. You know, you don't meet somebody today and invite them into your home today. Yeah. I mean, maybe some in some cases, but or be best friends tomorrow. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a yeah. it's a process. It's being consistent with your fostering, cultivating that friendship, cultivating your walk with Christ, cultivating your runs. You know, just yeah. like she said in the story, if you go out and run ten miles the first month of running, bad things are going to happen. Yeah, and it's not going to be good. And it's yeah. that's why it. That's why all these things take time. Yeah, yeah. What we're trying to do is we're trying to change our default position. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, we know it, to change a habit, it takes time. Mm-hmm. No matter what the habit is, and, and our habit is to go back to no matter just – because, just because God changes us doesn't mean that he changes everything about us, and, and those things have to fall one at a time. And the and tendencies I, are going to – we just said it. The tendencies te- are yeah. going to stay there. Yeah, you know, one tendency that I think about that that I still because it depends on how often that thing happens too, right? If the if the if if you if you have a tendency to get angry in tra- in traffic, for mm-hmm. example, well, you know what? It depends on how often you're in traffic as to how long it's going to take for you to <laughs> conquer that problem that you sure. have with getting angry in traffic. And that for me, that I we don't have much traffic around here. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't drive in traffic very much. That was a, that was a serious weakness of mine. It, it took me a long time to get over that because I wasn't exposed to it as much. My, I think about but this. the minute you drive back to Atlanta, Georgia, I'm better at it now. But the tendency, the, you the, can feel the, it coming yeah, up. That's and, true. Yeah, yeah. I was I was thinking about this 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 past week. You know, our our, our girls ran really well at, at our conference meet, and still to this day. The first thing I want to do after any race, whether I run it mm. or I coach it, is call my mother. Mm-hmm. I always called her after every race. She wanted to know every detail of every race. And I still want to do that. And I can't do that. Yeah. And I think that the things that we shouldn't be doing from a biblical perspective, that's kind of the way we have to look at it. We have to look at it like that we, we don't have access to that anymore. Yeah. And we can't do that thing. You know, a funny story, and I just told this story a few days ago, so I'm going to tell it on here because I think it's I think it's pretty funny. But it's talking about tendencies and your old ways. You know, you, you have you have to manage that even years down the road. You know, I've told on this podcast that I used to be a smoker. You know, when I was young, I was a smoker, and um, I I, I finally quit. And six years later, we were you and I, along with the triathlon team, were building a cross-country course at our church property and uh when i quit smoking was right before run for god started and so i officially came kind of out of the construction world for a period of years uh as we were starting run for god and so i was when i quit smoking i was removed from that environment Mm -hmm. and that environment was a big part of my smoking habit was you go to construction site there's a lot of people smoking Mm -hmm. Anyway, you and I were building this trail. You probably remember me talking about this. Yep. But <clears throat> I, I remember pulling up to the area where we were staging everything, and, and I stepped out of my truck. I hit the ground. 
I smelled freshly turned dirt, which if you don't know what that is, it's just where they're grading and it has a unique smell. I smelled diesel fuel from equipment. I heard equipment. I heard hammers and saws going and, and all these things. I had been quit smoking for six years at this point. And as soon as I stepped out of my truck, I reached down and I patted my pants. Looking for cigarettes. Looking for my cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And that blew my mind when it happened. But there's so many illustrations come out of that that you have to keep your guard up. Yeah. That's that's why, you know, my, my pastor said something one time that really just blew my mind. He said, I will never make the statement that I will not cheat on my wife. Yeah. And I think I've said that on here before. Yeah. But his point being, when when you start to take the posture that you've got this, you notice he said, I will never cheat on my wife. He will also always say, Lord willing, I will not cheat on my wife. Yeah. But the minute we think we've got this is this about the same time that we think we don't need God. Yep. And the about the same time that we realize we don't got this. Yeah. <laughs> Good, good point. Um, last question. Have you ever been stuck in your mind in a past situation that was caused by a bad choice? How has that affected your attempts to move forward? I've shared it with you before this with me, and, and you know that it's a struggle that I have. It's, um, I worked at the same company for 25 years. I was very passionate about my job. And I didn't understand why other people weren't just as passionate as I was Mm -hmm. and weren't just as focused as I was. And because of that, I sometimes had not ugly words, but pointed words Mm -hmm. with people, very direct words with people. It got me into some trouble, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it led to consequences that weren't great. And finally, it led to this point of me going, you know what? Uh, You know, if you guys don't want me around here, I'll just leave. Um but I, because of that experience, I approach things differently today. Sure. I'm a little bit skittish about pushing on things today because I real I see where it got me in the past, right? right? So we have these experiences, and they change what we do today. Now, I can look back on an experience now, and I can go, well, I made some bad choices, and I did some things I shouldn't have done. But in the moment, I was justifying every single one of them. Mm -hmm. And now that's led to me being a little bit more, again, I use the word skittish. I think it's a good word. Um, So my heart is different today. Mm -hmm. The way I treat people is different today. The way I approach people is different today. But I'm still a little stuck back there every once in a while. You still have those tendencies every now and then. When things happen. Um, So... <clears throat> it's just this that's what it is and, and i'll have to live with it but god will keep getting me better mm-hmm. at handling that situation yeah yeah i mean I, th- I think kind of in summary for shannon's story you know we need to take inventory of our lives occasionally we many things in our past are are good to look back on and they help us move forward while others pull us back to a point of in time where we wish we could move forward yeah um and we need to earmark those times that help us move forward and ask God to remove those things that drag us back. Because one thing about God, if you ask him to do that, he will do it. Mm-hmm. If it's, if it's going to be good for us, he will do it. But so many times we just try to suppress that thing or whatever it is. And, and this is one of those times where you got to take it, you got to take it to God. Yeah. 
For sure. While you are working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We have partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Mitchell, Lane, Holly, me, and others that you hear on the Run Club podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlist now at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. All right, we're back and virtual running has become a bigger thing ever since the pandemic, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. People using things. I was just reading something about the higher use of things like Strava and online tools have gone way up mm-hmm. since the whole pandemic thing. It just kind of changed the way we look at running, didn't it? Sure. Um, and people during that time, people did a lot of a lot of virtual races. But you know, I've noticed that although we are we are getting back to doing normal races and things again, the races are not back to full strength. No, there. I, I guess there's still some people who are a little worried about it, and but. Uh, I, I've never understood the virtual race thing anyway. You and me, either one. I, yeah. You know, the first year they we did the the pinky, we had a virtual race. It was an all-female race, and we did a virtual component to, to it as well. The ladies here in the office, Holly and Gay, were like, we need to do this virtual. And that's kind of really when you first started seeing virtual races. I, I hadn't even seen any. And I was, you and I both were like, what? <laughs> Why Nobody's going to pay money. <laughs> to run a virtual race and then we mail them a medal we i mean we were basically chastising them because that's just not a good idea <laughs> so they finally talked us in to do it and boy we had our words yeah, the registration did. for the virtual was way more than the physical race yeah and uh it was crazy yeah i mean it's not my cup of tea but i get it and it's been good for a lot of our uh classes because you know around here during the spring fall summer you can pretty much find a race within 30 miles in any direction yeah. on any given weekend. But a lot of places, they don't have that. So it has been good for those classes that needed a graduating race. Yeah. They kind of just made their own, and they were using virtual races. So it's got its it's got its got good sides, it but does. I, yeah. Well, the, it's just the running world's changed a little bit. It has. And we just have to adapt to it. All right. It is time for Dean's Thoughts. That's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. You know, we often use the word lazy to describe someone who doesn't want to do something. But sometimes it's a more complicated problem. And this is a story I actually wrote back a few years ago, and it's called The Insidious Nature of Complacency. That title sounds awful, doesn't it? The dictionary defines insidious this way, having a gradual and cumulative effect, or as it relates to a disease, developing so gradually as to be well established before becoming apparent. I don't know how many times I've had conversations with runners who are struggling with motivation, and they mention how it all began. I missed one run, and that turned into two, and then three. Before I knew it, I'd taken three weeks off, and I felt like I was going to have to start all over again. It's not too difficult to overcome one day off, but it gets tougher each day you miss. Complacency is insidious. If you're a veteran runner, you have probably experienced this scenario. If you're new to running, you will more than likely experience what it's like to have this snowball roll over you. 
Overcoming or sidestepping the snowball is a test of will and motivation that requires you to dig deep into your inner strength. It usually takes planning and deliberate steps to get back in the groove again. It's the same way with sin. When we commit sin for the first time, it's not necessarily difficult to recover from, provided that we recognize the need to do so. The difficulty comes when we find ourselves too far from God or simply too busy to recognize the problem. The more we commit the same sin, the more difficult it is to recover from it. For example, I've had difficulty with anger for a good good portion of my life. I've had a tendency to lose my temper in situations where I felt pressured or disagreed with something that was happening. I never saw the need to fix anything because I just excused it as that's who just who I am. It took me a long time to recognize how destructive that sin is and even longer to realize that I needed to do something about it. Once I decided to change, it was an incredibly difficult transformation, one fraught with repeated frustrations as I slipped back into that same habit that I had perfected over many years of practice. It required deliberate effort to make progress and I still have have to work on it today. Make no mistake, that is Satan's objective. C.S. Lewis's The Screwtape Letters is a great way to imagine how the devil works. The short book is a series of 21 letters of correspondence between senior demon Screwtape and his nephew and junior tempter, Wormwood. The younger demon wants to set out causing the patient to commit outrageous acts of sin. However, the more experienced demon knows that this is not the way to turn him in the wrong direction. There is what the older demon writes to to the uh, here is what the older demon writes to the younger. You will say that these are very small sins, and doubtless, like all young tempters, you are anxious to be able to report spectacular wickedness. But do remember, the only thing that matters is the is the extent to which you separate the man from the enemy, which is God. It does not matter how small the sins are, provided that their cumulative effect is to keep the man away from the light. Murder is no better than the cards if if cards can do the trick. Indeed, the safest road to hell is a gradual one. The gentle slope, soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts. Isn't that how we fall into the most entrenched of bad habits and sin? It is a gradual descent to a place we never intended to go, but we are so busy sometimes we don't take the time to look around and see the light fading away. Once we are far enough away from the light, it's too, it's much more difficult to navigate our way back to the place we began. It is important to realize that just like sin can gradually take us farther from God, repentance is a gradual pr- progression too. The act of being saved by grace is sudden and complete, But drawing closer to God through the shedding of sin is a process that requires repetitive deposits of time and energy focused on Him. This is such an important distinction and one that we must share. So many people believe that they are too far away from God for Him to ever accept them. They think they have to be nearly perfect before they can be saved by God's grace. But we are all sinners. No matter how close we get to Him, we're still human and we'll still fail. If we are consistently spending time with Him and focused on Him throughout the day, those failures will become fewer and many of our sins will fade away. But it doesn't happen overnight. I think we often look at being saved as an end, but it's actually a beginning. Problems and temptations don't just go away because we prayed a prayer. 
We talk like we have conquered the devil, but we're actually battling him daily. If you're saved and know that, uh, excuse me, if you are saved, you know that. But if we talk as if we only have perfectly shining moments in our lives, our unsaved friends and relatives could get the wrong impression. For most of us, it's not something we do consciously, but it can have the opposite effect we desire if we're not careful. Satan and sin is insidious. Read that definition again. Developing so gradually as to be well established before becoming apparent. Repentance, on the other hand, must be dealt with in the opposite manner. We have to invest purposeful effort to beat back a devil that wants to take us over. We have to realize that we have the power on our side when we choose to become a child of God. With him, we can do anything. And if you're struggling with the motivation to get going after taking some time off, you have to invest that same purposeful effort to get back on track. Lethargy lethargy is insidious. It wants to take you over and control you. The good news is that we can overcome complacency because with him, we can do anything. That's an awesome story, Dean. That's uh, that's got to be in your top five right there. I like I like that one. And goes right along with Shannon's. And I, I, and, and it wasn't planned. I didn't plan that. I pulled <laughs> these two out, and this is what I can't, this is it. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny how that works. Yeah, change is hard, right? The devil wants to keep us where we are and doesn't want us to improve. It doesn't want us to do what we talked about in Shannon's thing. Yeah. Right? And it's, you know, the C.S. Lewis Screwtape Letters. I know the premise of it. I've, I've never read it. I need to. I think I may actually have that book. Um, but it's so true. Mm-hmm. The, the, it's a, that's why we call it a slippery slope. Yep. It's not a cliff. Very rarely do a person is a person that's, that's close with Christ. Just, you, you, you hear people say, well, they just lost their religion or whatever you want to say. And they just went off of a cliff. That's usually not how it goes. Yeah. There's a lot going on behind the scenes mm-hmm. that left unchecked can appear that they just fell out of religion or whatever you I hate to say it that way, but you know what I'm saying. Oh yeah. It's it's always it's always a small thing. It always starts with a look at somebody. Um uh, a small misleading somebody or all these little bitty things that, that C. S. Lewis talks about. The devil just needs to get that little foothold. Yep. And then tomorrow he'll get a bigger foothold. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. And before you know it, he's he's pulled you away from God and got you into a life of whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and it's so true. So, yeah, great, great story. Yeah. And from a running standpoint, if you've always been active, if you're one of those people who just started running in the last few years, well, your default is to do that thing you've always done. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's hard to get motivated to run again. And I get it. We've all been there, right? Every sure. runner has been there where we, we, you know, we just, gosh, I just didn't want to get out there today, but it's, it's just. When it's the same, it's the same it, in running it, there it again. Is. This is a very similar parallel with running. We miss a day. And in that moment we can say, okay, I missed a day. No, no big day. deal. Yeah. We'll, we'll start back tomorrow. But we missed that second day. And then we miss that third day and fourth day. And before you know it, we're saying, we throw our hands up. I've, I've ruined it. Yeah. I've messed up. I can't go back. And that is not that, not that the devil's in our running, but that same mindset is the mindset we have when the devil's in our life. 
but we're too far from God. We've messed up. We just need to throw in the towel. And that is not the case because while we may be far from God, if we turn around, he's right there. Yep. And that's the important thing is we're never too far from God. Yep. We may feel it. We may sense it. We may not be hearing him. But if we'll just turn around and put our focus right back on him, he's there. And it's not a gradual road back. It's instant. Yep. If we let God back in, it's instant. Yeah. We've talked a number of times about getting outside our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And I'm convinced that we don't grow unless we get outside our comfort zone. And here's the thing. Complacency um, is the very definition of your comfort zone, right? If complacency is your comfort zone, not doing anything is your comfort zone. And, uh, and so this, this whole idea of complacency, getting outside of your comfort zone and doing things that are hard outside your comfort zone, I'm convinced that God blesses us more mm-hmm. when we're not complacent. Sure. Good word. If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You, yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. All right, so we're back. And... uh yeah become a coach the coach to marathon challenge challenge uh we're gonna keep beating that drum because we know it will change your life just as much it will change the lives of those that you're leading coaching instructing facilitating um it's worth it so if i I know it seems like a big task and it is but it's not as big as, as you're making it out to be in your mind so log into run club go on the coaching tab and check it out but hey dean we're starting the Black Friday sale today. Whoa. Um, so we've got a lot of cool deals. Every year we kind of do the same sale. Uh, it's pretty much 25% off everything in the store with the exception of the uh, Run Club gift boxes because those are, those are just, that's such a good deal already. Yeah. Um, we, we can't afford to knock 25% off that box already. But pretty much everything else in the store is 25% off. Um, you know, this is also when, Molly Wade's uh, shirt color kicks off. You know, yeah, we've never talked about that on here. Molly Wade, for those of you who don't know, she's one of our instructors up in um, New Hampshire, no. New, New Hampshire, New Hampshire, yeah. somewhere up there. Yeah, she, she's got that accent. Yeah, we we poke fun at each other. <laughs> anyway, she does a shirt color reveal every year, and um, I think she reveals it this week. But every year, she does a. Um, her, for her class and her community, they they buy a specific color Run For God shirt every year. And the cool thing that Molly does, because she can't always wear her Run For God shirt, unlike me, I, I wear it every day, all day, wherever I go. She She's not able to do that. So every year, she puts the color of the shirt, she buys a feather. 
that's that same color and she wears it in her hair all year. Yeah. And so it does the same thing because like one year it was blue. Well, well, Molly, I mean, she's got blonde hair. She's in a professional setting, but she's got this blue feather in her hat, hair. Yeah. And so people say, what's the deal with that blue feather? Yeah. Does the same thing the shirt does. Yep. So it's just really cool that, you know, that's kind of a side story, but yeah, the sales on, it'll be on until next Monday. So go to runforgod.com. If you want some gear, we got some awesome new hoodies and jackets and, the Run Club box that we've already talked about, lots of cool deals this week only, so go check it out. That's awesome. Well, we uh, we <clears throat> our girls did it. They won the congratulations, by the way. Yeah, they uh, thank you. They it was a battle. It yeah. was a major battle. It was not a uh, last year was kind of a we felt like it was a foregone conclusion. We didn't run well and we still won and we won by a lot this year no such thing <laughs> yeah it was uh it was a battle we had one girl who's a senior who um there was a at, at, with a half mile left to go it's basically a one point race mm. between us and our rivals and uh one girl who was a senior just absolutely looked like she was shot out of the cannon for the last 800 meters and uh and just she passed four people including one from from the other team and that was a, I mean, that gave us breathing room. Mm. When we saw, when I saw where she finished, I was like, okay, we're good. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it was fun. We're headed to Vancouver, Washington. That'll and, be fun. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That'll be, uh, that's, that's always fun. We're actually going to take a side trip and we're going to go down to Eugene, Oregon. Yeah. I talked to some of your girls at church the other day and they said, y'all were going down there. That'd be, I've always, Lane used to race out there and I always wanted to make that trip south, but we never did. But yeah. A lot of a lot of history there. Yeah, they're going to be excited to do that. So, we had the New York City Marathon just uh, what was it? A few days ago, and uh, the, I, did you see any of it? The, the guy that won, he just didn't look like a runner. He was. Those his, are my favorite. <laughs> his form was kind of awkward. He kind of looked like he was almost sitting down. He was kind of back a little ways. He's a Kenyan guy. Yeah. He was wearing shorts that looked like they were two sizes too big. Um, he That's just, awesome. he just looked awkward. Yeah. I don't think his shorts matched his top. I mean, it was just, he just looked like this guy who said, Oh, you guys having a race? Can I get in? <laughs> <laughs> and then he comes in there and blows everybody away. I thought it was, it was great. It was great to see it. I can't believe Shalane. Oh my goodness. What did she wind up running New York? 233, I think. I mean, yeah, that's, she, that's incredible. Of course you, you said last week that it would be. She would probably because she was trying to do sub two fifty for all of them. But you actually, pre- she said two, uh, sub three hour. That's right. But you predicted that with the home crowd, the fact that she's won that race before, and she just blew the. I mean, she blew her goal out of the water on that one. And it was the sixth marathon in how many weeks? Six, six weeks, I think. I think it was six, six marathons. Six was it six marathons? Yeah, six marathons in six weeks, and she finishes in two two thirty three thirty three. Yep. As she's how old? She's 40. 40. Retired. Retired, yeah. I think she's 40. She's at least 40. What What was the female's winning time at New York? Uh, 222, <clears throat> 23. Yeah. So 11 minutes off the winner. Yeah. For a retired runner who's run five other marathons in the previous five weeks. Yes. I mean, it was pretty, it was pretty impressive. Yeah. Molly Seidel was pretty impressive as well. Yeah, I didn't, even, the, I didn't watch the race. I just picked up the highlights from Shannon Shalane. 
She ran the fastest uh, female time, American female time at, at New York ever. Hmm. So uh, she followed up her Olympic performance with another really good one. Wow. And actually, the, <laughs> the finish of that race, Molly was fourth. The first three ladies, um, I mean, they were just running shoulder to shoulder for my, uh, the whole race. Hmm. And it came down to the last quarter mile. Really? And, man, the, the lady who won it is the one that won um, the Olympics. And she looked like she was struggling more than the other two. The other two looked comfortable. And she just, man, did she hammer them <laughs> over that line. Oh, it was impressive. It was really, really impressive. So, yeah. All right. So uh, how, about a, how about a trivia question for this week? All right. What do you think? Um, this one is kind of a, I, I don't know if people know. People know what this is, mm-hmm. but I don't know if they know what this is. Most right? people don't, I don't think. Yeah. All right. So here's the question. What is a side stitch and what causes it? So we've probably all, almost all of us have had that thing where we get this pain in our side, especially when we're not in good shape and we, and, and it hurts and it hurts pretty bad. We have to stop. And we, what is that? And there's all kind of, of ideas on what fixes it too. There are. You see some pretty peculiar things going on when people have it and they're like, Oh, I'm just fixing this side stitch. And you're like, yeah, I don't think that's fixing that. Yep. But let me tell you, I know how to fix it. Yeah. And we'll talk about that next week. All right. So there you go. A lot of people want to know that. That's right. So if you know the answer, send it to Dean at runforgod.com. <laughs> Be the first person to send that to Dean at Run For God. And you'll run you'll win one of those run club boxes that everybody else is having to pay for. That's right. Yeah. Pretty awesome. <laughs> All right, every week I share a reason here uh, why running is so awesome. And this week, here's why running is so awesome. It makes better students. Hmm. Or is it that better students are runners? I'm not sure, but runners are better students and students are better runners. I think it could go either way. Yeah. yeah. I think I think discipline is learned. Yep. So either you have discipline that makes you a great runner or you learn the discipline that makes you a good student. Yep. Yep. Probably the most impressive thing that our college girls have achieved of all their achievements is that they have the highest GPA. They have the highest GPA of any of the sports teams at Dalton State, but they also have the highest GPA of any team of any sport in the entire conference. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, but they're runners. Yeah. And runners just tend to have good grades. You know, you know, other sport has good grades typically? Golfers. I was going to say golf. Yep. Golfers typically have good, good scores as well. Hmm. All right. Motivational thought of the week. I will love the light for it shows me the way yet. I will endure the darkness for it shows me the stars. Mm, I've never heard that. Yeah, that comes from Ogmandino. If you've never read any Ogmandino, he's got a bunch of short books that, really? that he's written that are, they're all positive. Yeah. You know, yeah. They're, they're, he's, he's a, he's an interesting guy. Interesting guy for sure. All right. We're doing great. Keep up the great work. Um, Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Don't don't eat too much. Get but a few e- extra miles in this week. Yeah. But eat enough. Catch a turkey trot. Yeah. I'm going to do a turkey trot. You're going to do a tur- Yeah, you're going to do a turkey trot. Yeah, Lane Lane says he's going to pace Landon to a big PR. All right. That's what he says. Well, so we'll see how that works out. Yeah. They may be fighting by the time they get to the finish line, but you yeah. know how brothers are. 
Yep. And I may run the one up in uh, Chattanooga. Yeah. Well, you know, the sports bar and turkey trot yeah. up in Chattanooga. Um, usually go run that most years. So we'll see. <clears throat> All right. Now may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.